Welcome. You've turned into Rockstar Millennial Spotlight, featuring Catherine Spitznagel, professional coach, speaker, and author of the book, Rockstar Millennials, Developing the Next Generation of Leaders. On this show, we'll feature millennials who represent this high-energy, creative, and entrepreneurial generation, and spotlight Rockstar Millennials who are living their purpose, helping others, and making a difference right where they are. Please join me in welcoming our host, Catherine Spitznagel. Hi, this is Catherine Spitznagel with Rockstar Millennium Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. And with us, we have a special guest, old school Alex. Um, Alex Carmona, welcome. We're so glad to have you today. Thank so you. <laughs> tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, and what you do. You're such an interesting person. Oh, well, thank you. I am new to the Peoria area. My family and I moved here a little over three years ago from uh, northern Colorado. Uh, and I'm an artist full-time. Um, I used to, well, I guess I, what I do is I carve wood. I'm a wood carver. Um, uh, but I've done all kinds of different sorts of arts over my, uh, over my career, I guess, as an artist. And now I solely focus just on printmaking, which is just relief printing. So Yes. But you have uh, this love for art that you've had for years in many different mediums, um, illustrating, painting, woodworking, um, <clears throat> on the relief side, making those prints from the wood carvings, which we'll get into um, in, in just a minute here. Um, but you also did sort of the the dual career path, uh, which I think is great for um, entrepreneurs to hear that you're just not an automatic su- success sometimes um, as an entrepreneur. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Sure. Uh, so I was actually, I was in the military for uh, 10 years and, you know, a couple of years into the military, I, I pretty much quickly realized that it wasn't, um, that, that it wasn't something that I wanted to do as a career. Uh, so, I've been an artist my whole life. I just never really thought of myself as being an, an artist full time because uh, I, I think part of it was, you know, my parents, you know, they, they, yeah. they wanted the best for me and wanted me to go to school and, you know, get a real job and all that stuff. <laughs> all that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I th- that's kind of the path I was going towards uh, was just trying to find a conventional type job good, you know, good career with good benefits and all that stuff. Um, but you know, I, I realized while I was in the military that I was, I was in a place that I was making a lot of money at the benefits were great. And it's not what I imagined it would be because every day that I was there, I was, you know, a little bit of my soul kept dying because it was, I just wasn't being challenged the way I I, I typically like. So uh, I kind of just said to myself and I, you know, my wife and I planned this out to, uh, I said to myself, you know, even if I'm broke, I'm going to be an artist, you know, I'm I'm going to try it. I'm (laughs) going to do my best at it. And uh, so we came up with a plan to kind of phase away from having that, from having that job and turning art into my full-time job. Mm -hmm. So, as you said, uh, I, I basically had two jobs for right. 
I mean, a good seven, seven years, you know, and, uh, while I was still in the military, I was trying to be an artist as well. So it, it's definitely one of those things that when you tell somebody you're an artist, uh, full time, people get excited about it and it sounds very romantic, but it is like any other, um, you know, endeavor where you're basically just building a business from scratch. So it's, it's really not easy at all right. to get where I, where I've gotten in my career. And it, it's just been, uh, persistence. And, uh, you know, I, I just wouldn't take no for an answer. And I, I failure, failure was not an option for me, yes. you know, in other words. So right. I just knew I had to keep doing it until something would work, you know? And you did a lot of things, uh, until it worked. So when you think about that, yeah. seven years, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I appreciate so much about you was that, uh, you did step back and put together a plan. And as you've said, uh, you have a, a tremendous partner in your wife who was very supportive and said, yeah, let's, uh, you have so much talent um, and an artist is what you are and and who you are. And so let's get a plan together to get there. And it wasn't overnight. I'm going to keep doing the military thing and build uh, build your clientele. And that was a lot of weekend warrior travel, uh, going to shows. And so tell us a little bit about that, how you got interested uh where you found your niche in art and mm-hmm. how you been went about that because i think that is also very creative so i guess there's a there's a few things so initially when i started out uh with my art uh career i did all kinds of sorts of things to just make money so i would paint i would make signs you know i i would you know do paintings drawings i would still do printmaking uh, and uh, actually a bigger, one of the big parts of my business early on was leather working. Uh, I used to build leather motorcycle seats, uh, leather, leather goods, you know, in general. And, um, I kind of, you know, was doing a lot of different stuff. So after a while I had, uh, basically made the calculated move to choose one of these disciplines and just try my hardest to get uh, you know, as good as I can at it. Mm-hmm. So I had realized after going to so many shows and, and showing my artwork that people were very, very intrigued by my printmaking stuff. So basically what it is is I carve a block of wood, um, lay ink on it, and then kind of like a big stamp, I'll lay paper on top and uh, burnish the back of it, and then you get a print. Right. So that's how I make all of my original prints. Now, watching, you know, people's reactions when I would peel the paper off of the wood that I was, you know, printing, uh, people were asking me if I invented this technique, you know, <laughs> and where did I learn this? And uh, it, so, you know, I, I made the decision to stick to printmaking because it, there was such an awe factor there with the, you know, the audiences that I that I showed it to. Right. And... I think in not just in art, but in any business, if you can be, you know, if you can stand out, do something different, be a little bit unique, then it'll go a long way. So once I let go of all the other stuff, which is very hard, but it was a business move, uh, a lot of different doors started opening up for me. Um, Early on, 
and and I still have a huge passion for this. I love old cars, old motorcycles. So I would that would be my subject matter is you know cool right. car with a background, uh, and I would make a print out of it. I, w- I would carve it and make a print out of it. So one of the things that I think I did uh, differently, or I guess it worked out for me, uh, was I didn't really do I didn't sell my art at any art shows, you know, or, or any galleries for that matter either. Uh, I went direct to the place where I knew people were going to like my subject matter. So I would find the biggest car shows. At first, it was in the state of Colorado. And then I decided, all right, I got to take this all over the country. So I would travel around the country like a crazy person with my (laughs) boots on my roof rack of my car and all my framed artwork uh, in, you know, in my car. And I would go to L.A. and Detroit and Texas and all over the United States, these big events. And uh, people started noticing it, you know, and, and people of influence, people that you see on TV shows for cars, you know, have owned my artwork, you know. Well, one of the things that I think is so unusual uh, about you, Alex, is that you didn't just show your art at a gallery and you didn't just go to art shows. Matter of fact, you didn't do that at all. You went mm-hmm. to um, a place that you were passionate about, things that you were passionate about, old cars, old motorcycles. Um, and, and as we've talked before, you said, you know, oh, by the way, those people that like old cars and old motorcycles, um, they like old music. Uh, they like cigars. They, you know, mm-hmm. there's a whole profile there. And uh, what I think is so interesting about you is that you connected to that profile and you connected your work, the subject matter of your work mm-hmm. to that profile. So you weren't going to art shows. You were going to car shows and you were going to antique car shows and you were going to motorcycle shows and antique motorcycle mm-hmm. shows. And your work, the subject matter, as you say, of your work was something that appealed to everyone there. But I would guess with you that you were probably the only one or one of very few artists that were there and certainly an artist of your caliber. And, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and so that, that opened some other doors. So tell us about that going to those shows, who were some of those people that, that you met and what were some of the opportunities? So, yeah. Um, I'd say uh, a few years into it, I, I started getting the opportunity to do this show in Japan uh, that anybody who's into, you know, I guess older cars mm-hmm. uh, and, and goes to these shows knows that there's a really big show in Japan uh, that that's put on every year. It's called the Moon Eye Show. So I got invited to go out there. And so I that was step one of, you know, craziness starting to happen because now I'm going abroad yeah. and I, you know, I, I went to one of the shows that, you know, most people just, most of these car guys dream of going to, but never will go. And, you know, so I, I ended up doing that show, you know, four or five times, uh, spending a lot of time in Japan. Um, and one of the, one of the things that came out of me traveling around the United States so much is, uh, probably the biggest opportunity that I, that I had was, um, I just get a, uh, 
I get an email one day saying, you know, my name, from this gentleman named Peter, and he said, you know, I got a, I got a, a piece of art of yours in my office. I bought it from you at this show, and uh, he's like, I'd like to have a conversation with you about being the, the artist for the SEMA show. And the SEMA show is this giant show in Las Vegas right. in the convention center, and it's actually the biggest, uh, the, uh, the biggest small business gathering in the country. It is uh, 14 plus miles long. If you walk the whole thing, I mean, it is huge. So yeah. um, I ended up getting contracted to do all the artwork for the SEMA show for three years. And what that meant was that if you went to the SEMA show, you saw my artwork because the show is so big that it needs direction to point you in the way of wheels and tires, hot rods, trucks, <laughs> whatever different categories there are at the show. Yeah. My artwork was basically a display somewhere showing you where to go. And they used it for, you know, billboards, for uh, accessories, memorabilia, um, magazine covers. So, you know, for me, that was, that show put, you know, put me in front of an audience that I never would have dreamt of. You know, it was just very, very vast. So, uh, at that show, the first year that I set up there in my booth, because part of the contract was I had to go display all my artwork there <laughs> um, in this really big booth that I never could have afforded, you know? Right. So uh, this gentleman walks up and he's looking at my artwork and he, he says, Hey, could you, do you think you could do this on a guitar? And I said, Yeah, sure. I, yeah, you know, so we get to talking and come to find out uh, this guy is the uh, principal master builder for the Fender custom shop. So, uh, you know, he sends me several guitars and he, uh, we, we become friends. And I mean that, you know, me thinking about something like that happening. I mean, how do you, how do you dream of stuff like that? Even, you know, there's, there's really, but as you said before, there are connections with all these things because, you know, these subcultures have things that, you know, or categories of things that they, they have in common, you know, with right. the music, like you said, with the cars, old, old hot rod guys, old car guys love old music, rock and roll, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I was able to carve, <laughs> I, I, I did a guitar for them. They loved it. Sold it for a ton of money. I did another one and I actually just finished one. Well, I finished the body of one last week and they're sending me the neck and the headstock so I can carve that as well. So, um, and now you, know, it, it, you sort of have comp- carte blanche with them. They're like, you, you go, you create things. Yeah. It's not even, here's what we want you to do now. They saw your talent and now it's like, you come up with something. Yeah. How cool yeah, is that? And- and for an artist, uh, or for any create any creative, really, yeah, to have a uh, you know a client that basically just trusts you to mm-hmm. put to do something cool uh, on for 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 them, that's actually a very unique thing on its own. So I'm I'm very fortunate that they just trust me to do whatever I want on it, and that they're going to be able to sell it. So yeah. which um, they yeah they have. There's been a great track record there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. They've sold them, and they're very expensive. I yes. have no idea. What the, the last <laughs> one sold for, I think, 
$75,000. That's what you so, said. I mean, can you believe the amount of money in guitars? <laughs> You're like, so, a guitar. You're, they're not that you, big. Yeah, I know. And especially, yeah, like, the uh, his name's Ron, the master builder. He said, you know, somebody's going to buy this, and it's just going to be something beautiful that is playing in their house. They're probably never going to play it, you know? <laughs> know? But it's, you know, it's a piece of art, and it's your art. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I love that. So, yeah. you know, all of these things, you, you travel, um, you know, you're international. Like you said, you've been to Japan half a dozen times. You've been to Saudi Arabia. You've been all over the, the U.S. Um, because one show sort of begets another show. One audience sort of begets another audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the types of work that you've done, like you said, you've done, you know, a lot of drawing and illustrating and then the leather work. And then ultimately the woodwork. Um, so lots of different talents. You also are married, and you have three children. And mm-hmm. so, how do you how do you blend all that, Alex? How do you make that work? The the only way I'm able to make that work, or, or have any sort of uh, structure in my life, is because of my wife. So my oh. wife was a huge part of. Uh, me even becoming an artist, she is incredibly supportive of me. And she wanted me to quit my military job long before I did just to be an artist. And I, I was the one that never believed in myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, she is just a amazing partner that helps. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of friends, we do a lot of events, our kids are involved in a lot. So, she is just really good at making sure everything stays in harmony in our house. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm the creative guy that loves to <laughs> have fun. And, you know, she's the one that makes everything possible, you know, because if it was just me in charge, it would not, you know, <laughs> it would not run smoothly. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. And she has a big job too. And she just does this all. She yeah. does effortlessly. Mm-hmm. So tell us, um, you know, you can just hear from talking to you, um, what a purpose you have, what a purpose driven life and career. Um, how would you define, um, living your purpose and, and where do you see that you're making a difference? Um, I guess, you know, I, I'm fortunate I'm fortunate enough that I, I feel like I am living my my purpose, which is, uh, I, I think I would say not, not just to be a, a, a visual artist, but just to create things in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the happiest when I am building something yeah. or just creating something from scratch. So I am, I'm just very fortunate that, uh, I've been able to create a career for myself mm-hmm. where I, I can satisfy those needs on a daily basis. Um, what was your second question, by the way? Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and that's purpose. And that's, you no, know, that's what I wanted to hear from you. But oh, also okay. your, um, where are you making a difference? Oh, that's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to think that I'm making a difference with other artists that, you know, I get emails and messages on social media very regularly. And it's almost always from, young artists mm-hmm. who are seeking advice as to how to make that become a reality for them. 
Right. And one of the things that I quickly realized when I wanted to be an artist myself full time is that there's, you know, there's no book you can buy. There's no roadmap, you know, for, for this, that, that will really help you in a meaningful way, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, I, I'm able to give uh, young artists, um, you know, advice right. and basically tell them where I've failed, um, where I've succeeded, mm-hmm. but also that, you know, this job is, it, I, I think that it can't be written out for a reason. I, I think it's because we're all, we all have different paths and there are so many different ways to um, make this work for people Yes, uh, that it's really up to that individual uh, themselves to figure that out on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the things I tell uh, everybody that, you know, asked me about this type of stuff that, that at first just say yes to everything, right. just say yes, <laughs> do your best. Mm-hmm. And you know, that way you're getting work coming in and you're feeling like mm-hmm. you're accomplishing things. And once you, uh, create a reputation for yourself, you're a little bit in demand and you can start backing away from work and taking on things that are more your speed, things that you like better until right. you get to the point where, where I've reached where, um, Although it's still a grind, I can say no to right. I, pretty much everything that I want to because I have this, I, I've created, um, you know, uh, basically an outlet for people who know me that they can directly buy artwork from me. There's no middleman, like a gallery or anything like that. So, right. um, but all those things take so much time, time. Yeah. to create, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that's, um, that that's one of the things that, that people need to remember. And like I said, I hope, I hope that I am uh, making a difference with that, but you know, people seem to be very happy with me when I respond to them and, and give them, give them advice. So, yeah. and you spend time uh, with other young artists and I appreciate that and, and mentor them and help them along the way. And, and as you said, you know, I, I don't do the work for them, but I can give them some direction or mm-hmm. I can tell them my story. And they're like, Oh, so you worked both jobs for seven years? Yeah, yeah. This didn't just, yeah, yeah. I didn't just become yeah. a full-time artist, yeah. And so. Yeah, you know, one of my, uh, one, another thing that I tell people too is that <clears throat> having three kids, they all want to be artists now, which is cool. <laughs> but yeah. I tell all, all of my friends and people, you know, I talk to this about, I say, you know, and I'll tell it to my kids too, even, you know, I've like two of my kids are a little older. They can understand. And I say, this is not easy. Right. It may seem cool to you that I can stay home and, and draw and do whatever I want. Uh, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks right? like to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I explained to them, they have no idea how hard it is to actually make a job like this work. You know, that's why so many uh, people fail at it, you know, and Mm -hmm. like I said before, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not willing to, to fail. Uh, You know, that, that's a decision in my view. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the minute things don't work out for me, I don't, you know, put my stuff down and walk away. I put my thinking cap on and I figure out how to fix it or how to maneuver, you know, and that's such a big part about, uh, doing or I guess being in any sort of business that you create for yourself right there's always going to be um obstacles and you just have to find a way to get around them Mm -hmm. you know 
And you're just uh, constantly morphing is what I see, too, that you keep changing, Mm -hmm. keep growing. And when you find something that works, you work that until it isn't working anymore. And then you're on to something else. And um, so it's that creative mindset as well and being open to new things, I think. So what uh, what's next for you, Alex? What could you possibly do next? (laughs) Um, You know, I had a conversation with my wife. about a month ago now, um, I, I have I have plenty of work lined up for me to continue doing this. Mm-hmm. But I told her that I wanted to take uh, a couple months off of my job, and I live in a very old home. Uh, we love our house, uh, and I just want to redo some things about our house, but not just restore them, but kind of recreate them. Like for example, my um, my entryway has a beautiful staircase but it's old. I actually want to turn it into an art nouveau staircase, like something oh when somebody yeah. walks in, you know, they're, they'll say, wow. what's that? This, yeah. is, this is crazy. This is, you know, <laughs> so I just love woodworking so much. And I, you know, I told my wife years ago, I said, when I retire, I just want to build furniture for or when I retire, you know? <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to build, you know, to build things uh, and restore things. And it's something that I just truly have a passion for. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, you know, I can work on my house a little bit, get some really cool projects out of the way. And then if something comes out of that, uh, then I would be willing to, you know, adjust and shift and maybe see yeah. where roads like that take me. Because like I said before, my I don't think my purpose is just in the 2D realm of printmaking uh, or illustration. I just, in general, love creating things, you know, and, and and actually, you know, building things out of wood, things with structure, Mm -hmm. you know, it has, uh, different, uh, difficulties and and things to learn about, but it's just something that I'm so, you know, so amazed by it. And and I, and I love doing it. So I think that's what I'm going to, you know, venture down and see what happens next. Yeah. And I would venture to say, you'll do something, you know, remarkable. And then people will say, can you do that at my house? And yeah, here we go. Yeah. Off and running. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what, uh, what encouragement do you have for other millennials, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. We, us millennials get a bad rap. And, um, I would say to any millennial, to, um, you know, I would say learn how to have a thick skin, learn how to work hard. And it doesn't matter whether you're trying to climb the ladder at the job you're at now, if you're thinking about changing careers, if you're thinking about creating a career on your own for yourself, uh, we only live once. So I would recommend do what, what you feel is going to make you happy but that also comes with a certain type of responsibility because it doesn't, I mean, unless you have, you know, unless you're independently wealthy, right? right? You have to find a way to, you know, support yourself. And if you have a family, obviously support your family. Mm-hmm. So um, this life is short, though. So I would say love life, try to have a good time and, you know, uh let's try to get rid of some of these stereotypes about millennials, you know, and I think it it can be done. We are the future leaders and 
you know, we're here and we're here to stay. So go out there, work hard, collaborate with people, speak to people, you know, meet, meet everyone. And just, you know, remember that this, the time we have here is short and I'm afraid that a lot of people live with regret. And that's one thing that I'm trying never to do. So I'll go out and look like a fool sometimes because of, because of certain things or whatever, but I'm always just willing to, uh, I don't know, to, to enjoy life and uh, try not to be scared of things, you know, because right. fear is such a motivating factor, but it's almost always in the negative aspect, you know, it keeps you from doing things, you know, so don't be afraid to, to take that leap. Um, but like I said, with, with responsibility, right? You got to do it and do it with purpose, uh, one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And show up. Uh, that I've heard you yeah, say that absolutely. before. Just, you know, show up, do what you say you're going to do, and, um, and look like you're about something. And you, that's another thing that you do uh, very well. The, the one uh, uh, booth that I did see uh, of yours uh, was just incredible. I thought I was in Havana or something in a cigar bar. <laughs> I'm like, what, thank you. What what is this place? And it, and who is this? And old school Alex. And and you get that feeling of of old school. Um, and you're an old soul. Uh, but that's who you oh, yeah. are. Yeah. And you're very. Um, you live your your purpose. And um, being creative is is part of that. Uh, but it's also working hard, and you've done both of those things uh, very well. So appreciate you. your talent. You. Uh, appreciate you joining us today. It's been wonderful having you. Um, Thank you so much uh-huh. for the opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, thanks to our listeners. Don't miss a podcast. You can find us on rockstarmillennials.com or Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And until next time, talk soon. share your thoughts about this episode subscribe to future podcasts submit a discussion topic or shine a light on a rockstar millennial in your world contact katherine spitznagel at rockstarmillennials.com and click on contact us contact us